Welcome to Episode 8 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. Before we jump onto the playground together, I invite you to follow me on Instagram at PuddleJumpCoaching001 and subscribe to The Playground Project wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Career Connection, I am thrilled to welcome my friend and former colleague, Lisa Manuel, to share her story with us. I met Lisa in 2007 at the Youth Employment Resource Center, where we worked together for a few years. Lisa is one of those down-to-earth, kind, compassionate, and supportive people we are lucky enough to meet in our journeys through life. I am excited for you to meet her. You'll see why I use those adjectives to describe her. Welcome, Lisa, to the Playground Project. Hello, Lisa. It is wonderful to have you on the playground with me, and I'm so excited to to chat. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, and uh, and then I've got some questions, okay? Okay, sounds good. First of all, thank you for having me and thinking of me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, and uh, I'm thrilled for you and and all that you've been able to accomplish thus far and looking forward to what might be next. You and me both, sister. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. And, you know, you were one of the people that I thought of immediately, actually, when I created this, because it's all about exploring careers, discovering yourself and having fun. And I've Mm -hmm. been watching through Facebook and stuff over the years. And we, we met each other and we worked with each other back in like 2007 to 2014 at the youth employment then community employment resource center i left then you left so we're gonna go kind of straight back you can't see me but i'm gesticulating wildly with my (laughs) hands here uh we're gonna go straight back to high school to begin with (laughs) yeah (laughs) Such a such a fabulous time for so many people. Uh, mm-hmm. But what what subjects did you did you most enjoy during high school, and what did you have a a natural aptitude for, and what mm-hmm. did you want to avoid? Yeah, well, um, high school I wasn't all that keen. My main focus was to be done with high school. To be honest. Of course, math and science were never my strengths. I tried, but um, quickly quit those when I realized it wasn't going the direction I wanted to. So in terms of favorite subjects, I don't think they w- I would classify them as favorites, but the ones that I could do and do with ease were probably the social sciences, English, some business type classes. I remember enjoying accounting, thinking, oh, maybe I could do this for a career path, And that's all I can really remember about high school. I worked a lot and I was just focused on getting out. (laughs) That's absolutely fair. So a couple of things. The first Mm -hmm. one is you said you weren't so great at math and science and yet you were good at accounting. Yeah. And it's a, I think it's a totally different skill. I would, you know, describe myself as an introverted, empathetic or empathic introvert is how I would describe myself. And accounting seemed to fit that. And back then we did it on like the notepads with the ledgers and all that kind of thing. It wasn't uh, electronic at all. There was no computers, right? Right. So probably aging myself now, but (laughs) (laughs) 
that's how it went. And it was just that puzzle of trying to figure out, okay, what's, why is this not adding up? And that kind of appealed to me, I guess. Like the problem solving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I take notes. I always take notes. It doesn't matter what <laughs> I'm doing, where I am. I'm always taking notes. It, and you said you worked. Where mm-hmm. were you working in high school? I started at McDonald's. So I grew up in Armprior. I started at the new McDonald's that opened up and worked there for almost 10 years and worked my way up to management. It put me through university and college. And as soon as I graduated college, then I quit. Uh, I quit there and moved on. I'm impressed by that. Uh, a lot of really <laughs> fantastic people get their start or got their start at McDonald's. Yeah, so it was like the only fast food place that opened up in our town. People were lining up at the employment center. I can remember that. <laughs> and you filled in your application and you basically got hired. Wow. that's I think that's very cool. And yeah. so it got you through university and college. So what uh, what was university like? So there you are in Arm Prior working at mm-hmm. the new McDonald's. I love how it's mm-hmm. called the new McDonald's. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming there was an older one. There was not. It was the first new. Oh. It was the only one. Yeah. Uh, Empire wasn't, uh, you know, huge. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that was our first fast food uh, place to open. So when you finished school, when you were grateful for that, because that's what you wanted to be done with, you went to university, right? Yes. So I took a bit of a leave from the McDonald's job. I moved into residence at Ottawa U. The only reason I landed at university is because I saw my friends going to university. I thought, okay, this must be the next step. <laughs> so pick something and and go too. So I ended up um, in criminology. And how I chose that was basically just an interest in uh, in law, in true crime, understanding what makes people's brains tick. That was the, de- the the era of the Bernardo cases and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of fascinated me and I just wanted to know more. So I ended up down that path for one year. <laughs> okay. And quickly realized university was not for me. I wasn't enjoying it. Do tell, please share why you figured that university was not for you. What made you not enjoy it? I don't know. I guess it was just an inability to break out of my shell. Again, just being very introverted, not really having a clear grasp of what I wanted yet or of self, if I was to look back at it. And um, I, I passed. I, I, I could have went into the next year, but I there was just something that wasn't clicking for me. And so I left after that year. I did finish the year and left. And um, I took about six months mm-hmm. to reevaluate <laughs> where I wanted to go. Um, I looked at college and and again, looked back at my interests. I remembered accounting. I thought, hmm, maybe business. So off I went down to Algonquin and started the three-year business administration program. <laughs> and embarrassingly, I think I lasted a semester. <laughs> really did not like it at all. And again, I left and had to take some more time and think about what it is that I was going to do. So the struggle is real for young people in terms of figuring out that path. And it's not always clear, and it's a lot of times muddy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the the messiness that that yeah. we all kind of have to get used to be to living in. Uh, 
as a career development practitioner, I'm looking at, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, <laughs> girl, good for you. Good for you for <laughs> well, recognizing and acknowledging that this was not anything that brought you joy. And yeah. if it didn't live up to your, you know, expectations or what you wanted it to be, good for you for deciding to take another look and another step and another path. I guess what helped too was it was on my dime. So it wasn't like I had parental pressure to say, oh, you better stay on that. We're paying for this, that kind of thing. That was not how it was. So maybe that was even more the reason why I was comfortable to leave and walk away because I'm not paying for this. I don't like it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not going to be good at it. But the third time was a charm. So I did stick it out. I did go back. I looked at Again, what was my interest in criminology and whatnot? And I, I ended up and found my place in the community and social justice program. And I just loved it. And once I started that, it opened up a whole new kind of world for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because <laughs> I've, I've interviewed Sue McGregor. Mm-hmm. And she also was in that community and social justice yes. uh, class at Algonquin. Did you know each other from there? We didn't know because I think she may have taken it and right away or she was a few years ahead of me. So I didn't know her from there. But our 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 path is very interesting because we finished that program. We both end up in uh, group homework, working with young people. And, uh, and then we both ended up in employment services. So it's interesting. Yeah. And you're both doing uh, a different kind of thing at the moment. We both went uh, into our own businesses. So that's right. Kind of neat. (laughs) I'm I'm seeing a really neat thread there. Uh So third time's a charm. The question for you, were you, you talked about the parental pressure because you weren't really worried about that because it was your money and it wasn't, you know, your parents. Mm -hmm. How did they feel about you kind of going from, one thing to another trying to figure things out? It's a really good question. I don't remember what the conversation sounded like. It was uh, me and my mom. And I, you know, I don't remember or recall her ever saying, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> um, you got to figure this out. There, were, I don't remember any of that. It was just kind of, she went with where I was headed. I was always very independent. I don't know. So she, she just kind of let me follow the path I was going. And I don't recall her ever interjecting or trying to steer me uh, in a different way. That that in itself is is a blessing, quite honestly, because a lot of young people feel this sense of, you know, that their parents, okay, well, what now what's next? Or what are you doing? Or that sense of maybe disappointing their parents. Mm-hmm. And that's just an added pressure with yeah. all of this other stuff that you're dealing with. There's that on top of it. So I think it's terrific that that mom was was able to just let you uh, explore and do your own thing and find your own way. Yeah, I mean, probably did I want some guidance? <laughs> but would I have listened? Probably not. So <laughs> it's a catch twenty two, I guess. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly it. So what what did you love? Why was the third? time the charm what was it about that program in particular or that group of people that Mm -hmm. made it so attractive for you I it was all of it I think the whole experience so the the people my classmates were were wonderful the teachers the 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 staff that were running the program were really great and and engaged 
uh, and just the course materials. So it was all, it was everything that I had been sort of craving and to know more about sociology, the psychology. And there was a, there was job placement opportunities. So we would do, uh, um, I don't know if it's still called co-op, but we would do placements. Mm -hmm. So you'd get to, to work in the field and figure out if that was for you. And I'm still this kind of shy, timid young person. (laughs) And this field does not really make allowance for that. So when you're, you're working with young people, as you know, they will tell you like it is. And yep. And these people, these young people in particular, I mean, they were already having their own struggles. So they were in homes because they couldn't be in their homes. Some of them were in detention centers that we went to and worked there. And it really, that job and that career, I did that for almost 10 years. That is the one that challenged me the most. It brought me the most self-awareness and yeah, it just, it, it really opened up my being in a sense to be able to to set limits with young people to be able to you're almost basically running their day-to-day lives and so I'm this 23 year old (laughs) running a 17 year old's life and taking them to court appointments and doctors and school meetings and it was all very intriguing I guess I like that opened up your being Mm -hmm. it was it fulfilling very fulfilling it was very fulfilling until it wasn't That makes any sense. <laughs> it does. And how did that how did that play out for you? Well, so here we are 10 years later. I'm I was supervising the youth homes and uh I think I was feeling like the systems that we had for our young people were not actually enabling them to be their best selves. They were in fact stifling them and keeping them in this system and this cycle and never getting better, never getting the help they really needed. It was just like, it just seemed like this vicious cycle. They would come into our home. They would learn bad behaviors from other kids. They were very vulnerable. Mm. So they were susceptible to get into bad behavior. They would end up in court. They'd come back. They'd go back to court. <laughs> so it was just this cycle. And it was not helping these young people. It wasn't. And I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I can understand that completely. And when you started kind of noticing that this was happening and to the point where it was not fulfilling anymore, Mm-hmm. How did you make the leap? Because you from there you went to the employment center, right? Uh, not quite. I had a little um, detour, so the the decision was made for me. So I I didn't realize what was happening to me until after the fact when I recognized, yeah, it was time for me to move on. I wasn't I wasn't doing what I should have been doing in that role at that time, I think. So the decision was kind of made for me, if you will. And it was <laughs> devastating. I had never been fired from a job before. And the way it was done just was completely crushed me. So there I was. I had my first child, you know, trying to figure this out and on unemployment. And then I, uh, I ended up at the school. So I ended up as a student support worker in one of our our local schools, high schools, loved it, but got cut, like layoffs. And uh, my job, my position was uh, taken by a senior person. So that was that. And I was also pregnant with my second child. Mm. And so my maternity leave was coming to an end when I found out I was laid off. Um, So it was a scramble for that second half of maternity to find something else. And that is when I 
when I started at the uh, at Cirk at York <laughs> hmm. in 2007. It kind of like I guess right before I started. Yeah, I think we were very close. Yeah, uh, in time frames, and then uh, yeah, I left. I started at Agilic in 2011, though. I think I left a little bit before you. Oh yes, you did. Yeah. You did. Thank you for that memory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I'm feeling stressed hearing you know that you found this and then you were um then you were fired and one child and being on unemployment and then having found something that was really lovely and great and then no you're laid off and your mat leave is coming to an end Mm -hmm. i I, I think that that must have been incredibly (laughs) stressful and pressure filled so you found the job at yerk Uh uh-huh a lot of transferable skills, I guess, that you brought. Yeah. At the time, I still had all my, you know, all my certificates for like a first aid. And it was youth employment then too, when I was hired. Um, yeah. So I had a lot of different um, trainings and certifications that I could have brought if it had a stayed in, in youth employment type of thing, or if, you know, uh, the direction, as you know, shifted a little bit to, to serving everybody. So but yeah, I, I guess the transferable skills. And I think uh, it was Sally Ann at the time that did mm-hmm. the interview. I think, you know, we, we we connected and maybe it was desperation that she could pick up. I don't know. But somehow she she ended up choosing me for, for the role and, and it worked out somehow. <laughs> well, or, or maybe she saw uh, <laughs> that you had empathy and compassion and knowledge and skills and was looking out, and she was looking out for the benefits of her clients. And um, she was smart, and she made a good decision. <laughs> there you go. We'll go There's always that. <laughs> so, always that. <laughs> so we had a great time working mm-hmm. together. And, and then you went to Agilic. Yes. Yes. Okay. So at Agilic, some similar roles, as you know, uh, it was employment, it was the transformation time of Employment Ontario and went to Agilic mm-hmm. and uh, did that role and turned into a, a team leadership role. And I was there for 11 years. What? Yeah. 11 I, years. <laughs> that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Okay. And so you were moving on up and going places and, and 11 years. I'm astounded astonished because that's a long time so then at the end of that 11 years what what was going on for you it started a few years before before that somewhere along the way I developed this interest in real estate and I just it almost became like an indecent obsession in terms of (laughs) following what was on the market and looking at houses and this and that Um, and I thought "Hmm, real estate Maybe that is something I could do to either, you know, supplement my income or do in retirement or something like that. That so I just it was just a thought. It was just a little thing I had in my head that maybe. And as in, in employment, we meet people who are changing careers, who, you know, who have been in unfortunate situations and they're transitioning maybe not by their choice, maybe some by their choice. And then we had the second career program and we were often helping people go back into school and as adults and and seeing how that felt for them. And they were so appreciative. And I met a few people along the way who, who went in, who went down the real estate road when it was permitted. And I got news that Aria was closing 
And I thought, oh my gosh, if they close and I can't do this online, I can't go to school full time and work in mm. both in person. So I started taking the classes online with Aria before it closed. And um, so I did that for two years while I was still working at Agilic and licensed. And then um, February 21, I licensed and I joined a brokerage and I was still full-time at Agilic. And so it was quite the juggling act at times. Mm. Um, and the learning curve is, let me tell you, it's steep. <laughs> mm. uh, it's not as glorified as it looks <laughs> on the mm. TV or anything like that. So of course, as you know, we had this pandemic happen. And uh, I think after, I, I, honestly, I, I think just after 20 something years of being in social services and helping people and, and giving what you could give and managing a team and, and trying to keep everything together, I just, some part of me just, I wasn't in it anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the, the satisfaction from the work anymore. Everything felt like a chore. Uh, even like meeting clients was was not working out for me because part of why we we do these jobs is to meet people or my my satisfaction comes from meeting people and hearing their stories and being able to to walk them through to the next step and see give them hope it just didn't feel like that anymore it wasn't that's not the way it was going <laughs> so I decided Actually, what helped the transition was I had had an offer, a potential offer in a government position. And I was going through the testing and I was going through the security checks. And basically, I was almost near the end. And I gave Agilic my notice. I gave them lots of time because I know how hard it is to find a team mm-hmm. leader in that sector. Yeah. It's hard to hire anybody in that sector. Um, so... I gave them lots of notice. I put my date for the March 31st end of fiscal and um, and I left. But I left with a little bit of reassurance that I did have this other job that I could jump into if, if I thought it was the best thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I still had the real estate. So every time I kept thinking about this job and going back nine to five and the commuting and the grinding for somebody else kind of was starting to make me a bit depressed, (laughs) to be honest. And then I would, you know, think about the real estate and the flexibility and the freedoms. And I was, I was starting to do it and it was getting fun. And uh, it's a lot different when you're working for yourself and you have only your own self to blame if you're successful or not successful. And it's scary at the same time. Anyway, ultimately, I decided with the support of my partner, mm-hmm. who also had taken the leap to self-employment years ago, we were okay for me to do that at this time in our lives. And it, it you know, financially, it wasn't going to be a huge sacrifice. Kids are growing up, uh, you know, we're steady, we're okay. The timing just, I guess, was okay. And, and I just took the leap. I called the other job and said, you know what, I don't want to waste any more of your time. I'm not going to move forward. And that was that, that my security blanket was gone. (laughs) No choice. (laughs) And it's interesting because that, you know, that's the the holy grail for everybody in Ottawa. Yes. And there you, you you had it and you said, no, Mm -hmm. I know. And that was the biggest hardest decision, I think, because that's what I said to, I remember having the conversation with my mom, a couple of girlfriends, my partner, just saying, this is what we we strive for in here in Ottawa. And I'm, and I'm 
giving that up? Does that make any sense? Like, (laughs) the only thing I can tell you is that every time I thought about doing it, it just, it wasn't giving me any joy. At some point, I hope that everybody gets an opportunity to do what brings them joy at some point, because we spend so much time doing it and living that. It's, um, you know, it's unfortunate of people. I've been for, I feel like I've been extremely fortunate and blessed in my career paths and every employment opportunity I've had. I've met great people. I mean, we still stay in touch and, hmm. you know, it's just been great. But then there's recognizing when it's not great anymore and being able to make that decision and that choice to move forward. I think that first career where I was not, it wasn't my choice. I think that really impacted me to make sure that I always was astute to that in a sense of, okay, if this is not working out, then, and I'm feeling it, then clients are feeling it and my teammates are feeling it. So it's time to move on. I think that's actually what I, what I kind (laughs) of underlined here, not feeling it anymore. Yeah. How, because I'm thinking about the listener who is hearing this and, and this may be resonating with them. They may be thinking, yeah, I'm feeling something isn't right. So Mm -hmm. can you kind of expand on what that felt like for you? Like, just as an example, sometimes I've worked at places where it felt like my soul was dying every day yes. that I went to work. Yeah, uh. that's that's sim- that's kind of it. Yeah, it's that dread. It's almost feeling like you're in a depression and you almost just can't make yourself get out of bed one more day to go and do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. really listening to yourself. Yeah, and then why? What is it that you know, what exactly is it that is making me feel that way? Is there anything that I can do to change? Uh, is, can I just change my perspective? Can I just can I just do this? Can I just try that? And I think you know, for a woman who I'll use maybe divorce as an analogy, <laughs> because I think okay. by the time a woman decides that this relationship is not working for her anymore, she's gone through mm-hmm. every possible scenario, every possible. Uh, try that she can and and it was yeah. it's kind of like that it's kind of like breaking up a relationship where I mean it was 11 years and 20 if you think about it in a whole like spectrum but but yeah it, it's going through every possibility of is there anything that I can do differently to make this better for myself and when you run out of possibilities or ideas or suggestions I, yeah I think it's that's it <laughs> And you can't take your job to counseling. No. <laughs> no. So now you've mentioned the freedom, the flexibility of working for yourself. What does a typical day look like for you? Uh, well, it really varies because sometimes like January and February months, we're kind of quiet, you know. Um, so it's an opportunity to maybe reflect on what you, how you want to position yourself for the, the coming months. Um it's looking at doing a lot of research on the computer. It's social media networking, mm. you know, booking lunches or, or coffee meetings with people whom you've worked with, purchased or sold with, um, even colleagues. So, so still getting out and maybe doing trainings and, and meeting up with uh, other real estate agents in the same boat as you, looking for different ideas on how to put yourself out there so people know you're what you're doing all the, all of that and 
you know, trying to to keep your clients who you're working with engaged in this market. <laughs> it's been a little bit started off great, and then uh, mm. you know we had interest rates really go up. We had uh, inflation really hit people hard. So it does seem like everybody still wants to buy or sell, but it just might take a little longer to get them to that place where they're comfortable to make the leap. So it's really relationship building in a sense. It's all uh, about your relationships and uh, how you how you manage them and uh, building trust with people. So I, that really doesn't give me... One of the things though, that has <laughs> opened up in the day-to-day is uh, also different elements that I didn't have, I wasn't able to really do before, which was uh, self-care. Uh, you know, so I did join a gym and... Good for you. Uh, just getting out to take the dogs for a walk at lunch or um, things like that, that you, you just don't get to do when you're doing the nine to five and <laughs> always on someone else's clock. I'm really grateful to be able to do those things too. Yes. I'm familiar with that clock that you speak of. Um, <laughs> and you mentioned that your, your partner uh, mm-hmm. also took the leap into self-employment mm-hmm. uh, a while back. Has he been a source of uh, helpful resources and support. Uh, yes. So every time that I, I'm a little bit e- emotional, let's say at times. <laughs> so whenever I start to panic or if things are too quiet, because I really like the, um, the I really liked the social outlet that 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 day to day did provide. Right. So talking to mm-hmm. people was what you do. Right. <laughs> And uh, so when that was gone, all of a sudden it was, I was here by myself and the dogs <laughs> and you can only, they don't really talk back. So, <laughs> it, so he has been able to provide support in a sense of, you know, you've, you've gone through this cycle before, you know, it'll work out or, you know, have you thought about maybe going into the office and just changing up the scenery and also provided a few different like tips and on what he had done at the beginning to uh, to get his self and his business going off the ground as well so that was helpful Mm, and you say that he that there's an office that you can go into yes at the brokerage so i have an office there in fact what i also did was um, i joined a team um so through royal page the our brokerage there's little sub teams if you will Mm -hmm. and i ended up in the fall, I joined a team to kind of also uh, provide that extra support as well in, in the mm. learning curve and whatnot, and also having more uh, leads fed to me and that kind of thing. So that's also been, uh, it seems to be a good fit so far. So Do you have an assistant? Do I? No. Well, I mean, the team does, but um, not a mm. personal assistant. Yeah. It's a small team of four and we, you know, we have the team leader and then we have a, an administrator and two sales representatives. So, yeah. And do you love it? Yeah, I do. It's, it's great so far. So now it's a different element. So the part where you get to still meet new people, help them, you're helping them in a more uh, happy situation then. Mm, yeah, true. <laughs> and you get to see the end result. So a lot of times, you know, we have clients come and go in our lives and we don't ever get to see the end uh, yeah. happy scenario where we're with them through the really tough times and then they go away and they forget about us because now <laughs> they don't need us anymore. <laughs> so uh, no, this was, uh, this is really nice just to be on a bit of a lighter end of things. If you were chatting with 
uh, a young person mm-hmm. who was considering a career in real estate. <laughs> How would you advise them? It's an interesting question because both my kids are interested and my feedback hmm. to them has been, well, my daughter in particular, let's start with her because she's actually doing the course and she's in university. So my thought to her is, yes, do the course. Absolutely. We'll support you, but also finish your degree because hmm. self-employment uh, just might not be for everybody and you don't know until you're actually in it. So it's tough. I mean, as a young person too, the struggles, you're still learning yourself. So it's hard to say that I don't think we're, we're, we stick with one single career ever. I think we move around. So mm-hmm. just finding what that passion is and don't quit until you do. And if it is uh, real estate and you're taking the course and you're really enjoying it. And, you know, I know a lot of young uh, agents who are very successful, who've been very successful in their career. And that's, they started out kind of entrepreneurial though, with mm. little businesses on the side that grew and then they 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 ventured out into real estate and and they're doing very well. So I think it's just making sure you're loving what you're doing. And it's not always the schoolwork that is going to dictate that. So it's true. I mean, you can be book smart, but to do you you know the the people part and really where the success comes in, I think. I I don't think I would have been successful in my 20s. I just wasn't evolved enough. I didn't know myself enough. I didn't have uh, the people awareness, I think, that I, I have now in a different way, having worked with so many different groups of people and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. just don't quit until you find that spark that excites you. And if you're not feeling excited, then dig again. <laughs> yeah, keep digging. Keep digging. Because it's there. <laughs> Right? Yeah, absolutely. We all have that spark. And you mentioned your son as well is interested. He's interested, but I mean, he's still in grade 11. So he's got to get through high school first <laughs> then, and yes. then uh, decide. But and it, it's not ever something I would discourage because I think, yeah, people can do it and you can be very successful at it. You can be young and successful at it too. I mean, some people, I just wasn't that type of person when in my 20s to go outside of my my shell or, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have, and even on the best days, it's still a struggle sometimes to get out there and put yourself in front of people and exude confidence, I think. Well, as the empathetic introvert that you are, yeah. what when I think of real estate, I think of like, you know, those go getting, you know, those go getters, those real estate moguls and, and <laughs> whatnot. So I'm impressed by your ability to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, you know, th- what's easy about it for me is the um, connecting with people. So Mm-hmm. If I meet somebody at an open house and I'm just having a conversation, um, a lot of times I can, you know, engage them in a way that it may it, like hope it feels genuine because it is genuine. <laughs> There's no, I'm not able mm-hmm. to put any false pretense into it. So, and if if you connect with somebody, then you ultimately you probably end up starting to work with them at some point. Uh, so, yeah, I think that helps for sure. And do you find that there are a lot of people that when you're doing open houses mm-hmm. that are neighbors and they just want to kind of take a look and see what the house looks like? Oh, inside? 100%. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always that. But you know what I do with that is I'll actually, in one of the listings I had, I went door to door and I gave them a letter and I introduced myself and I said, please come by. I'll be here, you know, early on the day of the open house. If you just want to pop in and say hello and see what it's all about, feel free. <laughs> what a terrific idea. Yeah. Only a couple of people came, but still, I mean, it's, yeah. And so now what you've done and I know, I know you, you are authentic and you are genuine, uh, <laughs> but it is almost a bit of a strategy because now if these people want to sell their house, they've now met you and they've seen who you are and that business of starting to establish a relationship that's already starting. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So just, uh, yeah, mm. just going around and, and talking to having that conversation, that conversation starter. Yeah. And so. Then, of course, my next question is, what's next for you? As we get older, we accomplish the things that we didn't have the confidence for or we didn't have that self-awareness for. And what's going to happen in your life next, do you think? Hmm. Well, I think what I hope happens is I master the real estate uh, side of things and I have enough relationships to keep my cup full for <laughs> for the years and who knows if if the kids decide to take an interest or not or maybe we have our own little team or we branch out into the team we're already in or I don't know but uh, I think the possibilities are are pretty good um, they look pretty bright so I'm looking forward to it and I hope it opens up more opportunities for just doing the things that we miss in the early part of our life, like spending time with family and mm -hmm. loved ones and taking that trip that we want to take and mm -hmm. enjoying mm -hmm. the things we can enjoy now. And Absolutely true. And, you know, I'm, I'm smiling. I was smiling because you said your own little team. Yeah. And I just think that's, that's very, very cute. And I think that would be awesome. And just this sense of life is incredibly short. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an incredible gift. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we make the most of it while we're here? And yeah, yeah, I it's just finding, find the joy we spend most of our days all day doing that so <laughs> mm -hmm. gotta you've got to find something that that sparks joy and yeah. I agree a hundred percent which is why I'm doing this because it brings me personally a lot of joy knowing that this is going out there and the listener is hearing this and uh, being able to learn from it and grow from it and make an impact on somebody else's life. So you helping through the real estate, even just by spending this time together, you're helping as well. And I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking about your career. What made you make those decisions? Yeah. And that's the thing. Eh? When you're trying to explain that to a young person who's trying to start out and find their way, I think it, there's no predefined path and there's no right or wrong to what they're going to do but yeah all I can encourage is just keep digging if it's not the first time or the second <laughs> take it from me <laughs> that there mm -hmm. might be a third and a fourth time to add to that to find their passion absolutely and there's also other people that could be listening that have uh, that have immigrated to Canada or they've moved to Canada and people who 
come here, they're starting their life over. They wanted to be here to make a better place, a better home for their children, usually. Sometimes they they have to kind of go back to school and again, reinvent themselves. And so I think that hearing how how people can reinvent themselves and a big shout out to Algonquin College because you went there, Sue went there, uh, my other guest, Connie went there, I went there twice. I have so much respect for Algonquin College and how it helps people figure things out, even if it takes one, two or three or more tries. Yeah, no, exactly. I think uh, it's such a difference night and day between the university experience and the college experience. And I'm I'm for my kids doing either. I mean, I never, you know, uh, I hope one of them will experience college so that they can see a different or feel a different way of, of learning and and mm-hmm. the the um, the option to do the the co-ops and and I think you just get a better bond with people in your classes and and mm-hmm. your professors your teachers and all that it's just a much uh, more holistic I think way of of learning there and it's smaller classes right where you're not mm-hmm. one of three hundred people and yeah. yeah no I I completely understand and I feel the same the feel the same way and I have friends from my college years. Uh, that I, I I think it I think it's I'm I mean I'm fascinated by this journey of of self awareness that you've been on and you don't I guess you don't re- recognize it as you're going through it right so it's only after the fact when you look back and you say oh okay that's why I did that or that's how that happened and so it's, it's quite fascinating too there's always a thread that is being pulled through out of it and you you mentioned the helping people as a mm-hmm. as a big part of it so you know I'm a big fan. That's all there is to say. Like I really respect, admire you, and I'm in, I'm inspired by the journey that you've been on and continue to be on. A big thank you to Lisa for sharing her career journey with us. We learned how, as an introverted empath, she has been able to use her training, knowledge, and genuine compassion to help change people's lives in many positive ways and through many different roles. Lisa shared how important it is to keep going. If at first you don't figure out your passion, keep digging. You will find it. It is there. Living by her values has always been key to Lisa throughout her career. When she felt she was not feeling it anymore, She found another position and continued to make positive change in the world. When she was offered the chance to join the government, she resisted the temptation to take the job and instead chose to focus on developing her own career in the real estate industry. What's next for Lisa? She'll continue to live by her values and offer people the chance to work with an honest, respectful, hardworking real estate agent who demonstrates integrity, compassion, and dedication. Lisa is working with Royal Lepage Performance Realty, and I will include her contact information in the show's notes for today's episode. It has been wonderful chatting with Lisa and hearing about her career transitions. I'm looking forward to next week's mystery guest, and I hope you will really enjoy the Career Connection conversation. Once again, thanks for hanging out on the playground with me, and please do follow me wherever you find your podcasts. Wishing you a beautiful week and looking forward to jumping into the future together.